Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's Friday, August 19th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes. Hoynesy, the White Sox are in town to open a three-game weekend series against the Guardians, the first-place Guardians, as the uh, Sox fell yesterday to the uh, Houston Astros, actually got blown out by the Houston Astros. So they are now two and a half games back uh, in the AL Central. The Twins still a game back of the Guardians. But uh, this pretty much is a, a big series here to give the Guardians a chance to maybe put some distance between themselves and one of the three contenders in that central division. Yeah, definitely, Joe. Um, a, a good, a big series. Uh, it'll be a good series uh, for, uh, you know, baseball fans who'd like to see meaningful games in, in the late to, mid to late August. Um, uh, the Guardians have a eight to five edge in the uh, season series with the White Sox. Uh, but the uh, White Sox have won uh, uh, for the last six games between the two teams. Yeah, it seemed like uh, early on when the when the teams met in uh, April, May there uh, a couple of times, it was the White Sox defense that was, uh, you know, giving uh, the Guardians opportunities. Uh, Tim Anderson was pretty shaky there in a couple of those those games, uh, you know, committing errors at shortstop. He's not around. He's on the shelf with an injury right now. Uh, they brought in Elvis Andrus as uh, you know the the longtime uh, Cleveland nemesis. Elvis Andrus is uh, part of the White Sox now, and uh, because they also had an injury to Lurie Garcia, who had been playing shortstop, so they need somebody there at shortstop. Uh, how much can Elvis Andrus maybe impact uh, this series this weekend? Well, <laughs> Joe, the, I, the guy is thirty three years old. He was released by uh, the A's. But when it comes to uh, hitting against Cleveland, he might as well be 21 years old and in his prime. He's, you know, he he just he just wears them out. It's it's you know he's hit since he's hitting 342 um, against against the Guardians and at Progressive Field he's hitting 378 in his career against the Guardians. He is he's just uh, when when he sees that Cleveland uniform, it's it makes him a different hitter. And he's been like that. He made his debut against Cleveland, got a hit in that game and he hasn't stopped hitting since. Yeah. It, 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 I remember stretches where he would go out there and just put up, you know, 
two, three games where he's getting, you know, multiple hits, three games, uh, three hits in a game, you'd look up and uh, he'd even be driving the ball out of the park. And uh, it's, it, it, it's, it's a dangerous position because you don't know what he can give you uh, coming to a new team for the first time uh, from Oakland. I, I mean, he, obviously he wasn't expected to be doing, to be doing much in Oakland with that team, but now he's on a, on a playoff contender and, uh, you know, you don't know what you're going to get uh, out of the the veteran here, Elvis Andrus. Uh, so the the Guardians need to be careful when they see him uh, come to the plate this weekend. Yeah, definitely. You know, this is a guy that you know is World Series tested with the with the Rangers. He's you know he's just he's been around. He he knows how to handle these kind of situations. But the one uh, the silver bullet that the uh, Guardians have is is Brian Shaw. Andrews is one for 15 against Shaw. So maybe, maybe we see go. a lot of uh, Brian Shaw versus uh, Elvis Andrews uh, matchups here. That's the, the one head to head matchup that the, the guardians know they have an advantage in, uh, in terms of odds to, to make the playoffs. Uh, I know uh, Fangraphs right now has the guardians in a pretty good spot uh, percentage wise out of the three teams who are contending in the central right now. Uh, Fangraphs is, is indicates that uh, the Guardians have have the best odds right now to win the division and uh, the best odds out of the three to to make a wild card spot if if they don't win the division. Yeah, uh, right now to win the division, Joe, um, they uh, Fangraphs rates uh, the Indian uh, the Guardians at fifty fifty one point nine percent, the Twins at forty nine point five percent, and. Uh, and the White Sox forty three point nine percent. They as for strength of schedule, uh, you know the Twins have the strong have are, are going to face the strongest opposition. Uh, they, they they're, they're facing uh, like their their opponents have a four ninety nine winning percentage. Uh, the Guardians opponents have a four ninety eight winning percentage, and and the White Sox have the easiest path. With uh, their opponents have a four seventy six winning percentage. Yeah, that that uh, it, it, it's it's almost like I go back to my Star Wars roots. Uh, don't tell me the odds. You don't know? tell me the odds. That's don't right. tell me the odds. I, I, it, it just from an eye test right now, it, the Guardians look like they're you know they're a team that's got something rolling. But you just know in the back of your head, it's still a bunch of young, inexperienced kids, and when they're they're faced with those playoff testing moments. Uh, you know, it, it, we still haven't seen what they're going to do. We've, we've seen them rally. We've seen them come back in, in late innings. We've seen Josh Naylor do it. We've seen, uh, you know, Stephen Kwan step up and produce Jose Ramirez. Uh, Wednesday night's uh, comeback victory is a, is a good example of that. But we just don't know what we're going to get down the stretch from this team. Uh, and so the odds really are, are inconsequential when, when you don't know what this, this team's able to, uh, to do. We know what they're capable of. We just don't know if they're able to do it on a regular basis. Yeah, that's a great point. And, you know, as the later the season gets, the, you know, the tighter the races get, although, you know, you can't get much tighter than the AL Central. <laughs> uh, you know, you, the more uh, we're going to see exactly how, you know, all these young players respond to that. Uh, the good thing is, Joe, they have the majority of their games at home, you know, going down the stretch here, and they've played very well at home. They're 31 and 24 at, at Progressive Field. 
you know, I think so that will work in their favor because, you know, they really have been kind of MLB's uh, road warriors uh, through through the first, uh, you know, 118 games of the season. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, they don't know what they don't know, I guess, is the is is a good way to put it. So, uh, yeah, being at home down the stretch, closing out the season with six straight against Kansas City uh, could also be very helpful. Uh, you don't want to be in a position where you're heading into that series having to win five out of seven or, or you know, five out of six or something like that, something crazy like that. But um, you're going to see Kansas City a lot down the stretch, so they're going to uh, help determine what this division looks like. And, uh, you know, it all starts tonight with, uh, with this big matchup between, uh, you know, was it Tristan McKenzie and Lance Lynn in the opener? Uh, and, you know – if they're if they're patient and if if they catch Lance Lynn on a on a night where he's you know maybe having to work a little harder, this this could be a a good night for Cleveland. Yeah, definitely. And uh, you know, uh, Tristan has uh, thrown like 10, 10, just ten and a third innings against uh, the White Sox. He's only given up two runs, but he's but he's uh, doesn't have a decision against him. I think Lynn, you know, uh, Lance Lynn came back against uh, Cleveland, you know, from that knee surgery, got knocked around a little bit, but he was much better the second time he faced him. Uh, so that's going to be a good matchup. Lynn is, uh, Lance Lynn has a history of pitching well against Cleveland. Yeah, you uh, you wrote about the uh, the other matchups between, uh, you know, what to look for in the matchups between the uh, the Guardians and the White Sox. Uh, you also said, uh, that the the White Sox defense is something to uh, to sort of keep an eye on. Yeah, we've uh, you know anyone who's seen these two teams play know uh, that that Chicago's defense is not airtight. Uh, they lead the American League in errors with seventy, uh, and in the uh, you know in the um, in the games they've played against Cleveland, the thirteen games that they, you know, they've, these two teams have played against each other. They've made 11 errors. So, uh, you know, that could come into play, uh, you know, at, at any time. And, uh, you know, so we'll, we'll see if, uh, if those errors present themselves and if the Indians or the guardians can take advantage of it. Uh, the other X factor in the series could be Josh Naylor. Uh, we talked about his, uh, his effectiveness against the White Sox, especially in late inning situations. Uh, he's the guy you want at the plate if the game is on the line. Yeah, he's hitting 386 against uh, the White Sox this year, three homers and 16 RBIs. Wow. And, uh, you know, eight of those RBIs came in one game <laughs> on May 9th when he drove in, like, I think, seven or eight runs from the eighth inning on with a grand slam, a, a three-run homer, and an RBI double, I believe. So, uh, you know, he uh, – <laughs> Naylor is Naylor has the White Sox in his sights, and it'll be interesting to see how they they pitch to him this to, in this series. Yeah, once Liam Hendricks get out gets out there on the mound, he's he's definitely looking at the lineup to see where Josh Naylor is uh, and whether he's going to come around in the ninth. That's uh, the last guy that that Liam Hendricks wants to face uh, at that time. All right, uh, around baseball, uh, some other news. Uh, some other uh, things to talk about here. Uh, USA Baseball announced that Mark DeRosa, uh, one-time uh, Cleveland player Mark DeRosa, uh, is going to be managing the USA Baseball team in the World Baseball Classic next season. Uh, this is a World Baseball Classic that uh, I, I think we're probably going to see Jose Ramirez play in 
Uh, you could probably see Emmanuel Class A play for the Dominican Republic as well. Uh, Andres Jimenez, I'm sure, is going to be a guy that Venezuela is going to want. Uh, Omar Lopez just announced as the manager for Venezuela. I'm, I'm sure he's going to want to see uh, uh, Andres Jimenez on that team. So uh, definitely a lot of uh, Guardians players are, are going to be under consideration uh, possibly to to play in that World Baseball Classic, and and that could impact spring training next year. Yeah, Joe, I, I you know, I have mixed feelings about uh, the World Baseball Classic. I, I think it's a great, you know, a great vehicle to, uh, you know, promote the game uh, worldwide, but it comes at the worst possible time for, for big league clubs when they're trying to get their teams together in spring training. I think, uh, you know, usually on the World Baseball Classic years, they have to go to camp earlier, a couple of weeks earlier, maybe 10, you know, 10 days earlier to camp. Uh, so they can at least work together. And then, you you know, they're gone. I mean, it, then they're gone for you could lose players for up to two to three weeks. And and uh, not and that doesn't even, you know, include, the, you know, the threat of injury. How many people, you know, Grady Sizemore got her uh, ramping up for, for the World Baseball Classic. Uh, Vinny Pistano was, was never the same after going to uh, the World Baseball Classic and pitching for the USA. Uh, you know, there's been, you know, there's a lot of injuries. People try to do too much too soon. You know, you get in a in a big league ballpark and there's a lot of fans there. And and, you know, you, players, you know, play play to the crowd and they're not just they're not ready to do that yet. So, you know, while it's a great thing for baseball, it is not a great thing, in my opinion, for for the you know the thirty major league teams, yeah, Andrew Miller uh, played in the twenty seventeen World Baseball Classic after all of the the the, the extended workload of the twenty sixteen postseason, and I'm I'm convinced that that's what uh, led to his uh, chronic knee injuries throughout the the twenty seventeen season, and he he really wasn't the same for Cleveland uh, after that postseason run. Yeah, uh, you know, because yeah. he he just got worn out. You could see he got worn got blown out. out. Yeah, the, the baseball World Baseball Classic, and and you know, great. The USA won that tournament, and and it, he was part of that. But uh, you know, it, at what at what cost? At what price? Uh, Andrew Miller comes out and gives up the the home run in in the 2017 uh, ALDS to Greg Bird, and all of a sudden the the you know Cleveland's hopes of getting back to the world series that year were, were destroyed. Um, so yeah, it's something to keep an eye on, just keep an eye on the rosters and the names of, of players who are, are invited to play and, uh, and express a, a desire to play uh, Jose Ramirez among them. So, you know, and, and who knows, maybe, you know, maybe Jose playing uh, in that world baseball classic might jumpstart him early in the, uh, the, the season. Maybe he might come out hot in April again, uh, like he did this past season. Uh, the one that I'd be concerned about would be Class A because they tend to use a, they tend to overuse relievers in in those games in those situations. Yeah, they always come if if they send you if they if you send a pitcher you you know they they come with instructions how many how many pitches they can throw <laughs> how many how many innings they can uh, you know, they can throw and uh, who who they can face and so it, it's you know it's a complicated process. I guess it's a good one, but, uh, you know, I, I remember Jan Gomes 
you know, helped uh, Brazil qualify for the World Baseball Classic. But then, you know, he was in spring training and he didn't he did not play for Brazil, you know, during the tournament. So, yeah. you know, it, it, it works both ways. Well, and, and just getting back to Jose real quickly, um, you, you know, since he signed the contract, it, it's like a different Jose. You know, he signed the contract. Now he's got maybe a little bit more of that cachet. He's got a little bit more of that say. You know, he 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 competed in the the home run derby, and you know, even though in the past the organization had had sort of not wanted him to do that, uh, if if the organization maybe had said they didn't want him to to play in the World Baseball Classic, you know, now he's got maybe a little bit more uh, juice behind him to to say, hey, if I want to do this, I'm going to do this, and and you know, the the organization can't really uh, you know tell him no. So, uh, yeah, it should be interesting to see when those when those rosters come out. Uh, injury news around, uh, the division, actually Tyler Malley, uh, left the, the twins game on Wednesday with, uh, shoulder soreness. Uh, Rocco Baldelli said they're not really concerned about any sort of damage in there. They just think it's fatigue, but, uh, you know, we'll see how long that, that keeps Tyler Malley out of the rotation for the, the twins. Yeah. You know, he was a trade line, de- uh, pickup from the Reds. Uh, he had some shoulder injury you know, shoulder issues with Cincinnati earlier this season. And he's being counted on, you know, to really fortify that rotation, that twins rotation going down the stretch. Yeah. We, uh, we definitely haven't seen, uh, you know, what he looks like with a a good lineup behind him. Uh, We saw him in in Cincinnati where, uh, you know, if you, if you maybe got a a run or two on him, you could possibly, uh, you know, you know, win a game just because uh, the Reds lineup wasn't all that great this year. I think they actually happened. Uh, they 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 beat him up a little bit in Cincinnati. So uh, we'll we'll see how it goes uh, if 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 Malley factors into the Twins and Guardians matchups later on this uh, the rest of the season. Uh, I, I wanted to to bring up uh, one other thing we saw in um, the White Sox versus uh, Astros series that just concluded. Uh, Alex Bregman again, uh, you know, reaches second base uh, against Dylan Cease, which, which that in and of itself this year, reaching second base against Dylan Cease has has been a, a rarity for for any hitter. But uh, we saw Dylan Cease do something that a couple of uh, teams and a couple of players have done with Alex Bregman on second base. Uh, Cease gets up on the mound and intentionally drops the baseball. Uh, which is an automatic balk and 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 it moves Alex Bregman from second base over to third base, where I guess teams feel that he's less able to tip his uh, tip a, a pitcher's pitches to the hitter. Um, you know, I don't know if I don't know if Cease is using the pitchcom system or not, which would sort of eliminate that. But uh, apparently, Alex Bregman is really good at letting hitters know, letting his teammates know who are in the box what pitches are coming uh, because the it's the second time this year uh, that, that he's been intentionally balked over to third base to, to prevent that sort of situation. That's interesting, Joe. You know, the only guy, the only guy, only other guy I ever saw do that was Bob Wickman in uh, at at the old uh, uh, Metrodome against the Twins. He automatically, he intentionally balked a, a guy from second to third because he didn't want. 
I, I forget who the runner was, but he didn't want the guy uh, stealing steins. But <laughs> but that's something else. I mean, maybe uh, maybe Bregman's got you know like uh, a transistor in his hat. He's <laughs> intercepting the uh, the uh, signals <laughs> well, from, the, from the catcher to the pitcher. Either that or Cease, you know, might hold his hands a little high and you know he might be able to see a pitch grip or or, or something like that, and he's he's going off of that. Uh, if that's the case, that's on the pitcher, man. Uh, you know, yeah. pitchers work so hard to, uh, you know, sort of refine their mechanics and and not tip their pitches. You know, whether it's going to be a breaking ball, whether it's going to be off speed, uh, based on the grip, based on where they're holding their hands, based on their positioning. Uh, maybe Alex Bregman is just really good at reading body language, and and he's uh, he's able to help his teammates out that way. Uh, that's a little bit different than uh, electronically stealing signs and relaying them with a yeah. trash can. Uh, that's actually like the the more acceptable form of cheating. I, I think if that was what the Astros had been doing all along, then I don't think anybody would would be booing them the way that they they still are at every ballpark they go to. And you know, as far as I'm concerned, that that should continue until. Uh, the players from that team are are are, are long since out of the game. <laughs> yeah, you know the. Uh, I, I hope uh, Cease never does that. Drops a ball on, uh, on the, you know, with the on the mound when the, there's a guy in third base. I saw Tony Sip lose a game like that. They were playing San Francisco. Sip unintentionally he he just wow. kind of flinched and uh, dropped the ball. The winning run scored and and Cleveland lost one to nothing. Well, the one that scares me is uh, James Karinchak, the way he flips the ball yeah, up in yeah. the air. It, he does it. It's out, it's out of habit. It's this weird, like, idiosyncrasy that he has. But if he's ever, you know, engaged on the mound with a runner on base and, and does that uh, and, and accidentally drops the ball, he could be in a lot of trouble that, uh, you know, there, there's a time and place for, for that kind of movement. And you don't uh, you don't want to drop the baseball. No, that's, that's a bad. A bad th- that's a bad thing. All right, Hoinsey, uh, we are heading into, uh, again, like I said, uh, a rock and blast weekend, a big weekend at the uh, the ballpark Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Uh, the Sunday game is on Peacock, so you got to get up early. It's a, a noon start, and everybody loves those Peacock games. Uh, the players do. I, I, I know that for sure. Uh, so we will be looking forward to uh, your coverage uh, from the park tonight and tomorrow. Uh, and we'll talk to you again on Monday here on the Cleveland Baseball Talk Podcast. All right, Joe.